Hi, I'm Lori Denning, and welcome to my podcast, The 20-Minute Scriptorian, where I explore the LDS scriptures and the path of the disciple of Christ. I'm a longtime gospel doctrine teacher, sometime institute and seminary teacher, and a current theology student. My friends and I are often discussing history, context, and theology, and thought that you might appreciate it too. I think of it as a bridge between academic and inspiration. However, these opinions are my own and not an official representation of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thanks again for listening, and I hope this will be a blessing to you on the road to discipleship. Hey, Scriptorians, it's me, Lori, and today we are headed into the book of Revelation, and that is the All About section, which we jump into a little bit the history and context and learn a little bit more about this crazy and sometimes daunting book of Scripture. So, hey, everybody, thanks. I have been unable to do as quite as many podcasts as I had hoped. I am in finals right now, and as most of you know, this is not my full-time job. I have a regular job. And uh, so it's very busy, but I'm excited as we finish up the year to jump into the book of Revelation. So today what I thought we could do is just really explore a step back about what is apocalyptic literature, what are some examples, and how to help us understand the book. But before we get into the structure and the context, I just want to do genre. I just want to talk about that style of book and and what we can learn from it. The next time we'll jump into a little bit more of who wrote it, the structure, and some other keys to understanding it, and then maybe we'll jump in. All right, so the book of Revelation. Now, just a note, it isn't plural. I hear that a lot. I used to say that a lot. It's not the book of Revelations. It's the book of Revelation. And sometimes you'll hear about it said as the apocalypse. Uh, the apocalypse, which is just a Greek word for an unveiling, just means to pull back the veil, just a peak, uh, or the English word to reveal, a revelation, get it? So it's just a fancy word there, but it, it tends to be, um, I mean, just think, what do you think of that when you think about the book of Revelation? You probably get, you know, the end of the world, or crazy creatures, or symbols, or visions, and and so you, you probably love it, or skip it. Frankly, it is the least read book of scripture in the New Testament, probably because it's so hard to understand. And there isn't anything definitive that anybody can really say to what it means. So don't, don't uh, beat yourself up. And anybody that tells you, hey, I've got this down is probably lying to you and you should probably run away. But I think there are a lot of things we can learn from it. And I think it isn't quite as daunting. So we will try to piece it apart. Now, uh, first, it is kind of the seedbed of crazy speculation, right? End time prophecies. Uh, you even go back into anything from, you know, the 1800s. Lots of people saying the end of the world was here, putting together dates. That's even happened in more recent history over and over and over again. People will say, this is, I can I can interpret the book of Revelation. And, and so I've counted back by whatever, 153 fish that Jesus pulled out of the water and then the seven yeah whatever and so they come up with a date and and clearly we learn from Matthew 24 uh, that that not even the the angels know right that only the father knows and so these these unveilings aren't meant for us to have a countdown clock and so just yeah just it's just craziness ensues so if you're one of those that you love to get into the 
details and you think there's some meatier part of scripture if we'd only apply ourselves just I would say caution that's probably not true you're probably just uh, getting a little excited about it but it is fun so let's see what we can make of it so first some things to know about the apocalyptic literature now it is a genre so we've talked about that just a type and uh, one example I like to use when I talk about genre is science fiction I'm a big science fiction I'm a Star Wars fan uh, Rise of Skywalker is coming soon yay and so but if you had never read science fiction before you were unfamiliar with it and you picked up a science fiction book and you flipped it open and you were glancing through it and it was uh, in space and and there were guys with laser swords and space travel and different languages you would be like oh, this is craziness I don't know what's going on and that's that's because it's a genre it's it's a certain style of literature that's to teach us something or to tell a certain story in a certain way and it's not the same as say a romance novel or a history book or a cookbook right those are all different genres the different styles and so apocalyptic literature is its own style so and it was very popular um for the first for the few hundred years before christ it was really popular and it was really popular for the uh, hundred years or so um after christ uh we see some examples uh, even the dead sea scrolls have some visions of of the end times and the sons of light uh, although a little different style the way they do it there but there were also some in Egypt they had apocalyptic literature and you actually see some even more anciently even way way back but but uh, there's some other books that have uh, the same style so it isn't as popular it wasn't always popular it still isn't always popular in scripture writing but it is sometimes so a couple examples uh, you can see sometimes it has some features, but a lot of times it has a vision, an unveiling. Remember this reveal where you're going to peek into the uh, the heavens, the the other world, and the idea that heavens and earth are really separate spheres is is not one that you'll see in scripture. You'll see it the opposite that they're they're very closely related, and and you can almost peer through the veil, right? You can almost see that, and and the, the central place that happens is the temple. So you'll see like, examples like Isaiah. And Isaiah 6, where he has a vision of God on his throne, right? He has a theophany, a vision of God. We also see it with Ezekiel 1. Now, the, the, the temple's been destroyed, and, and Ezekiel, or he's going to learn that it's been destroyed very soon, but he's, he's been taken away into Babylon, and he's on the riverbanks, and uh, he has this vision of, of the same thing, of God on his throne. And so it doesn't always have to be the temple. You also see other stories uh, that were very, very popular at the time of the writing of this, of, of Jesus in the first century. Uh, you see Second Baruch, you see uh, Second Enoch, you see uh, Fourth Esdras. Some of these that are not canon, not official scripture, but very common and very popular. In fact, even Peter in his epistle writes about Enoch. He writes about these angels. It's very popular stories of the day. Uh, Paul writes about some of these visions and things as well. And so you'll see uh, other examples of apocalyptic literature. Some of the more famous ones also, Daniel 7, the chapter 7. In the Book of Mormon, you see... If you think about a vision, Nephi's vision, right? Nephi has this great vision of the same vision that Lehi had had and his own vision as well. And then you think about section 76, 
in which Sidney Rigdon and Joseph Smith have a vision and see Christ. And so these, these visions and the, the literature, the writing of those visions is, is really a capturing of what we would call apocalyptic literature and unveiling a revealing a vision, something like that. Um, it's just, again, a Greek world, a Greek word means reveal, and it's going to be that peak. So sometimes it'll be current time. In fact, most often it has to do with their current historical times, but we'll also see some future time and we'll see how it happens and maybe how it will all end up. And so the term they use is the end times and the Greek word is called an eschaton, a Greek. So that, so you'll sometimes when you're scholarly reading, you'll see an eschatological or eschatology um, to, to talk about those end times. So the the might be also um, um, millennial times, right? The millennium when something else comes. So they don't always go together. There'll be these persecutions and an end time and then maybe a millennium, a, a great when heaven comes again and a new Jerusalem and the millennium, some other second coming. So sometimes though there's common elements. Second, um, so that's kind of the apocalypse idea. The second is tone and purpose. So sometimes they were, the story is really common when the people were being persecuted or when things weren't going as well. So if you think back to the time that we're going to read about for John and and the early saints along the Mediterranean, there was a fair amount of persecution. There was a fair amount of poverty. There was, there wasn't this great ushering in of, of Christ's coming and, and thinking there would be a worldly command, right? Rome was still in charge. And, and so they were like, hey, this isn't quite what I thought. So, and in fact, you'll see some of the persecutions they write about. So when things weren't going well, sometimes they have these stories. So instead of having all these blessings right now, they told about a time when things would be made right, when justice would be granted, and those both living and those who had died would finally get the good things they deserve. So the tone is not doom and gloom. The tone is comfort and hope when you're struggling and being persecuted and things that you thought weren't going to were gonna be a little better for you than comfort and hope. Some other things, though, that you'll see, not they don't happen in all the stories, but some commonalities you can kind of watch for. Sometimes you'll see they feature a heavenly messenger, an angel, or somebody special sent from heaven. This messenger usually comes to deliver the message or the vision or the unveiling. The message is also highly symbolic. So sometimes it was in code. And it was full of bizarre creatures and beasts and monsters, uh, which, by the way, usually represent existing political groups. So don't think future groups. Think, you know, what was happening to them. Uh, this divine messenger was usually there to help understand the symbols. So a good example, you can think of Lehi Stream. Well, what does it mean? And then there's this back and forth where there's this interpretation. Also, the people living then would have probably understood the symbols a little bit more. Are they... It, it would be like if we told a, a story today, we would tell some symbols and we would probably get who we were talking about politically or in different countries if we had described it today. And that would have been true in the past as well. So for John's day, these are people that lived in the Mediterranean and Rome was in charge. And so they probably would have understood who they were talking about. Probably Rome is very commonly believed. So the people living there would have understood more of the symbols. So again, I like to use my sci-fi example. Uh, if I used a lightsaber or I had a, a mask and I brought someone is like, oh, that's, you know, good and evil. And you would just naturally understood 
who was good and who was evil in the light side and the force or something like that, right? In this example of sci-fi, the same thing would happen uh, anciently as well. Also, there were a lot of uh, visions. So these visions usually go through a chronology. They'll go through sometimes the history of all of Earth and creation and so sometimes called a cosmology. And sometimes they will go through a vision of something more current. So the symbols show the progress of time. Uh, for example, past, present, future, uh, various dispensations, chunks maybe. And you might see that with these different horsemen coming up, right? There might be different dispensations. And the angel or this messenger will reveal these and explain the passage of time. Signs. There were also signs of the times. So again, the signs that the catastrophe is here, the end is coming. Again, not to create panic uh, or to make a list that you're trying to tick these things off and say, oh, I saw it. Oh, it was there. Um, or, or sadly, some people have felt like they could make the end come sooner, that they could somehow accomplish these signs and then the second coming would arrive. No, no, nothing like that. It's not how this is about. It's Remember, the tone is to give comfort and understanding. And in some ways, even in Matthew 24, it says to tell you that the times aren't here yet, right? To tell you that, that you're still okay. So, so many times that is why you're going to see these signs. Additionally, there's usually a, a dualistic side, meaning two sides. So it's usually two ends of the spectrum, like good versus evil, this dualism, uh, light versus dark. Uh, the other example I've used before, sheep and goats. There's uh, some kind of dualism, good, bad, the dark side, the light side. Uh, there's often a judgment as well when this small group of good guys and gals were finally getting their final reward and while the really big group were the bad guys and bad girls, and they will finally get their just desserts, right? It's the small group that persevered that will get there. So you'll see this right and wrong, good and evil, sheep and goats, and this judgment, and this, the smaller group is usually the good group, right? Again, think persecutions, evil, and so you're like, hey, when are they getting theirs? Uh, also, you can commonly find a final battle. There will oftentimes be this final battle, God will arrive, a final battle will be fought and all will be set to right. Sometimes again, there's a judgment, but don't worry if you've already died, right? You'll be resurrected so you can get your just reward too. A, a one that I'd mentioned quite a bit is God is enthroned. So the king of all will be enthroned and peace and justice and prosperity will reign. Sometimes you'll see it as a new Jerusalem, the new Zion heaven and earth will be reunited. The end you'll see uh, in Revelation that the giant cube, golden cube temple will descend and be on earth, right? This heaven and earth will reign. You're going to say, there's no cube temple. There is. You'll see it. Ezekiel. We see the same thing in Ezekiel when uh, they'll all be resurrected in Ezekiel 37, when when uh, the waters will will flow back out and give life. A new Eden will be created and, and, and this Eden new creation, heaven and earth will join and there will be God enthroned and and it all will, will come back together. Another term you'll sometimes hear for that millennium or the this great day, this new earth is the day of the Lord, the day when the Lord returns. So those are some of the elements and some examples that you'll find in the book of Revelation and other apocalyptic literature. So why are we reading this? Why do we have all of this? Well, you're 
it, it's so helpful that we have modern day scripture and also the Book of Mormon that are going to sh- tell us the key to understanding Doctrine and Covenant 77. So take a peek at that, reread that, give you some ideas. Reread section 76 as well. I think it will help. You'll see there are other visions. If you want to go back, read Lehi's vision and see where there's some similarities between Isaiah 6, Ezekiel 37, Daniel 7. Uh, you can read the signs of the times in Matthew 24. Uh, there's a Joseph Smith translation of that, which is even more helpful. And so the, and then Paul writes about these end times as well. So you're going to see a lot of examples. But I think why? Well, I think because the Lord will return. And there is something about this sealed portion of the scriptures, this vision that we can all have of what's going to transpire when the Lord returns again. And so we are preparing for that great day at the day of the Lord. So that's it. So scriptorians enjoy revelation. It's a fun ride. Please don't get worried about this. Don't get caught up in the speculation, but instead see what you can learn. See if you can learn something new as we journey together into this unveiling and the, and the revelation of John.